And welcome to the Radness Podcast, episode 78 with Charles Globitz. Hey! hey! The man, the myth, the legend, Charles Globitz. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, guys? We Really good. Better now that you're here with us, man. It's been a long time since we got to sit down and bullshit. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a couple of years. It's been, uh, I think I was like the, on the first couple of uh, interviews when you guys started. It, I think we were still wearing masks, uh, like around each other when yeah. we started doing this so you know beginning pandemic mid pandemic 2020 2021 yeah shit damn and i think we've gone through three different uh uh studio settings since then we were in matt's spare room and then we were in my kitchen for a while and then now we're over here so at least you get to join us with our our awesome new studio space with so much of your work behind us it really does that's awesome you should you should put the the first uh, the ones that were in mad space that the the guest sessions and then the other ones that were in your kitchen the kitchen sessions and then you can call this the uh, illuminati sessions let's go See, and that's why we love having you on, Charles. You're you're always there to offer us the advice we need to hear Dude. as young kids that don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> Two, I, I don't know. I don't know if we told this in the first. Uh, I know we've told it to people since then, but when we talked last time, the whole reason we even do this shit is because you're like, maybe you guys should do a podcast. And we're like, oh fuck, maybe we that's should. It's not a bad idea. And and you guys listen to me. That's. I mean that's. I, that's where you guys went wrong. <laughs> I'll say the opposite, man. To be honest with you, this podcast has been one of the most fun experiences that we've gotten outside of, of working with the artists, like getting to talk to people and getting to chat with people is dude. It's, it's a whole different experience that most people don't get in life just to sit down and talk with artists and creative people for an hour at a time. And we've done it now 75 or 76 times. It's, it's, Awesome. And so I have to say thank you for the slight nudge that you gave us in the direction to like, yo, do more than just the website, like actually interview the artists and let people get to know them because we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for for you. Ah, shots, man. Uh, Well, you're welcome. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good answer. I love it. (laughs) Oh, shoot. All right, man. So we're here just to chit chat, catch up. Uh, we've worked together since the inception of Ratnest. You did our branding. Uh, you were nice enough to uh, extend the invitation to let us do the U.S. distro for you. And it's been nothing but a blessing. Like, you know, maybe that it's not as lucrative as we'd all hope, but this shit, it keeps us busy and it's fun to be creative. It's fun to be a part of the scene. It's fun to do these pop-ups. It's fun to have the store, you know, so... Uh, just thanks for working with us and sticking with us for the last couple of years. I know you have a lot of options, um, but let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Um, start yeah, si- enough, enough of us patting you on the back. Yeah, let's we're just going to kiss your, your ass for an hour. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'm, I'm just going to put my ass on the camera and let you guys just wing it from there. Yeah. Yo, I, I had you as a teacher. I know you like, uh, compliments. You, you like to talk shit and get compliments. It's all right. That's, that's, Yeah. That's, 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 uh, the best, uh, Eagle Rob you can get <laughs> yeah. dude. So star seeds three, it's coming out. Is it out already? Is it available 
this will be out the first week of September. Will it be available through Fantagraphics at that point? I, I think it's it's actually out the uh, the twenty second of this month. Awesome, awesome. That's is it available for pre order now? It's available for pre order. Yeah, uh, and I I was at Comic Con a couple of weeks ago, and they had some advanced copies. Actually, I have one right here. It looks pretty, pretty, pretty fucking sweet. Um, oh, dude, that I, cover I gotta say, it's, uh, I don't know. I, this sounds like a broken record. Every time you do a new book, it's better than the last one. I, and I think it's true. I think it's, and the colors are just so wow. fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Dude, those, that color just pops so hard. And then, you know, it changes from uh, chapter to chapter. Like, like, this is like a dominant magenta. And then I mix the two colors, and then I get a deep purple. Uh, I think finally I got a whole comic book where I'm switching from uh, different kind of environments and hues with the color. Yeah. With just two colors. And it's this uh, thing of uh, mixing uh, back and forth and whatnot. Dude, yeah, the the uh, way that that magenta pops off of that black and gray too is just beautiful. It, it's a it's uh, see, here's me being really snob, correcting you. It's a French blue gray. Oh, s- excuse me, sir. <laughs> and this is this this is my favorite spread. Uh, I think uh, I sent Matt oh, uh, a copy over. I don't know if you got a chance to read it. Yeah, we yeah. were looking at it at lunch earlier, sit, sitting at the bar top, scrolling through, uh, showing the bartender how amazing your work was. Did you guys get to the chapter where the the old Anunnaki king bit off the other, the new king's dick off? Yo. That definitely was a, that's a scene. That's a, a square to look at right there, bro. And then how that becomes like the eye in the pyramid of it- the Illuminati. It's it's funny too because it, well you you beefed up some of the villains they in in the some of the past work I feel like they're always the uh, skinny scrawny tall lanky kind of like character and then you you got some real beasts in this one yeah well you know that that that's, that story comes from uh, Sakurai's Titchen's uh, uh, translations of uh, the Sumerian tablets. Oh, like okay. this guy to translate those, and this is like the oldest uh, uh, West uh, Mesopotamian Babylonian uh, myth. So it starts off with this is where this is where Anunnaki and the, uh, start off. They from this far off planet called Nibiru, and they have they had a war, and uh, that king, the 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 dick biter king, won. <laughs> and but they had a they blew they burnt a hole in, the, in their in their uh, atmosphere, and he tried to cover it up by sending an atomic bomb over a volcano to throw uh, dust in the air to block the cosmic rays, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. <clears throat> so he was challenged by another king, got his ass kicked. So he was exiled. He landed on Earth and he found gold, and he started producing gold dust. And the the thing is to use the gold dust to throw it into the atmosphere to block all these rays from getting in. So he sent, he sent uh, a bunch of gold to Nibiru, and then the, the king came back. And this is all written. I mean, this is written like 10,000, 9,000 years ago. Right. Came in, and they had a fight, and they fight naked. That's how they wrestle. That's how real men wrestle. 
<laughs> naked. And uh, the king died, he lost, the, 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 and he bit his dick off. And then the kings who won, the dickless king who won, uh, sperm impregnated the defeated kings and began to eat them from the insides. And that's how the story goes. And they send them off to Mars, right? And that's how the story goes. And then uh, I pick it up from there and say, well, from that, from the the hate from those two uh, beings, these two uh, patriarchs, uh, gives birth to hate, to this massive hate being, and that hate being becomes uh, uh, the king of fear, the, you know, the the lizard king in, in the story. And that, that's Dang. that's more like a club armed kind of like a, a whole faced character that. That's that's in the book. The club arm, like face? like a like kind of like bulky. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. not rock formation, uh, but in this and well, it's not in the book, but like in the, in the Sumerian in the Sumerian stories, uh, that king has two sons, uh, Anu and I forgot the other guy's name, and they are the 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 engineers of human life because they come back to. to exploit the earth for gold and they had this uh, these workers who were actually reptilians it, that's where the idea the, really quickly just for anyone listening that has no idea what we're talking about because uh we're familiar kind of with the the anunnaki like bloodline like that that myth story you know that i didn't realize it was ancient sumerian uh text that it was based off of but i've i've heard that you know throughout the years um but basically, tell me if I'm wrong. So it's it's an alien being uh, exploiting a a planet for their their gold or their natural resources. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's kind of like the idea of the whole thing. And that's how like human beings came to be formed because they came down and manipulated the genes of the mammals that were here on the planet, and then turned them into sentient Slaves, beings basically. like we do, so that they could. Huh? use us for their for their needs yes until until man rebelled and then man became uh, was cast out of paradise so these are the meta- metaphors of, of all these ancient stories and then lo well, and behold ten thousand years later we're kind of doing the same thing all over again yeah we are <laughs> man i mean right? we haven't haven't really evolved much so what was it about about that particular part of the Sumerian story that that made you want to continue and kind of uh, write your you know fictionalized uh, presentation of how this story would end. You know what I mean? What what was it that made you choose? Well, if this would happen, then that's going to create a hate monster or like such a a big hatred that can be you know physicalized basically in our world. What was it that that made you dive into that direction from from the story of the t- from the text well i i think one of the things that, that that's really interesting is that uh, our present uh story that we have now are made up of bits and parts of that origin story right so uh, Mesopot- uh mesopotamia uh before it was a patriarchy was a uh a matriarchy and its goddess was called Ishtar, and Ishtar was uh, 
killed by uh, Marduk. Marduk was the god of uh, agriculture. And, okay, so that's what the, the tablets say. So from there, from all these, from years, uh, little stories here and there get put together and become this book that uh, becomes the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it generates wars, disease, massive uh, fucking genocides, and this and that, control and power and whatnot. Um, so it just, it seems like, <clears throat> you know, to me, the, I guess the, what I take from that is that we are, res- we are a result for, of those stories. And not other people actually know where or how where our society comes from. So it's like take these old uh, stories, these mythologies, and uh, introduce introduce them into in, in in a story, but to try to uh, not not bring awareness, but make a metaphor that uh, this hate that's present in our society. This greed, this fear, uh, it's nothing new. It's been there since the beginning of how uh, this uh, operating system, uh, that that's, how the operating system is still persistent up till today. Right. It's almost like um, it's not the culture that made people uh, this way. It's more of that stuff's always existed and it's how people deal with it. Yeah, we're made up of uh, stories, right? Right. That's all we have. Like, literally, life is made up of past experiences and memories of stories that you've lived through or made up imaginations of what the future will hold. Otherwise, we're right here living in the moment. That's all there is. So, so it's made up of stories, past stories, present and future stories. But we seem to dwell more on the past. And these past stories uh, either get lost or get forgotten, but are somehow uh, uh, in the memory of, of uh, in the DNA or, or, or in the consciousness, or, you know, they, they still seem to persist and exist. And either they inform us uh, unconsciously or consciously, and they do through our, the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And I think we've been telling this story for so long that we've become this story. Society has become the story, uh, and this story is not a very good story, right? Mm-hmm. It's a story of hate, fear, and greed, basically. And that's what we look at our society now uh, has turned more towards uh, so than uh, f- uh, far away from. Do you- so I think I was going to say. <clears throat> so the story, the reason I. I, I I, I chose it is because it's a parallel to what we're living in. And I think even though these stories are made-believe or are metaphors uh, and are very poetic and whatnot, and they seem like superheroes and not, and it's just, it's just a metaphor for what we're living right now. It's very apropos to what we're going through in, in Western society as a whole right now. That was going to be my question was like, so America is like the youngest country in the world, right? We're this superpower, but we're, very young as far as a, uh, you know, government Culturally, and yeah. cultural goes. Um, do you think there's less of an emphasis in like American culture to hold on to these stories or pass them on as opposed to, you know, someone that lived, you know, grew up in Mexico and stuff like an oral, tra- uh, oral, um, 
storytelling is like huge in all over the world. Not so much America, like it, it more, we kind of like try to rewrite our own history here in the States. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 in, in, in the States, there's a, there's a couple of stories that, that permeate uh, Christian values is one, right? Uh, the South is another one that keeps getting repeated. Uh, uh, a manifest destiny, uh-huh. right? Uh, capitalism is another one. Uh, the idea of uh, patriotism is like a major one that I see in, in, in the States that people actually uh, would take somebody else's lives for uh, being against uh, the idea of, of, of patriotism. I mean, so to me, like those are like the, these uh, stories that move people consciously or unconsciously. Um, and, and, not, and not to say that they're all bad. I don't think they are. I think, you know, that they, they have a, a good side to it. I think uh, Christianity has a good side to it, to a point, right? Until mm-hmm. it gets, it becomes, fun, uh, religion does, until it becomes fundamentalist. Right. And it's like, it, this is the only, you know, it's my way, or it's what I say, or the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, oh, I forgot, forgot that other once I said, capitalism, for example, is unsustainable, right? And that's the story we can, you know, it's American dream. It's about capitalism. Manifest destiny is like this land, God said, God said this land was for us. Uh, and I think, uh, and I forgot the other two that I, that I mentioned. But, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, unfettered capitalism really lends to becoming more of a kleptocracy like they have over in Russia. Like what we have right now is a whole bunch of corporations being able to be viewed as private entities or as a, a person themselves. They you have know? so much influence on it. Right. And there, there really is, I agree with you that there is a deep rooted problem with the almost thought loops that Americans get stuck into these days, especially mm-hmm. appertaining to capitalism and religion. Um, and, and they, they tend to kind of skew the stories that we're told to met that value. Yeah. And to a different story. So bringing it back to what you're doing with this 10,000 year old Sumerian text and you're, you're obviously have done research. You've obviously looked into it and understand it probably in a way that many people don't because they're listening to, oh, this is what it's this is what it's actually saying to you. So this is how you should interpret it or whatever. But what you're doing is going and saying, this is the way that it was, and now I'm gonna show you how it came to be that we're so fucked up now. Like it started from here, but I'll just give you a fucking metaphor to hopefully that you can grasp that this is where we're at right now. I I, I finally heard a, a couple of days ago I, I was uh, interviewed for the comics journal and, and, and the, the, the interviewer uh, said, Oh, so when you, when you said white poop, when you, when you say white poop, you mean white supremacy. And it's like, finally, after like three books, it clicked. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole thing. The whole, I mean, to put it in perspective, the whole story is about, um, well, it's about all these stories, ideas that we've created as humanity that, wants to you know fucking kill somebody somebody else is different somebody who thinks different you know wants to i i, I can't put it into words because i don't understand stand it but it's, it's something that's based on i don't know it's not good <laughs> <laughs> 
So it sounds like there's a, a lot of personal insight going into the, particularly this third Starseeds book where you are telling a story, but from a very specific place and a very specific intention in your head as to say like, look guys, kind of almost like a wake up call, right? Well, yeah, I think if, if, if you, if you, I'm not going to try not to give spoilers, but uh, you know, it, I guess in the third book, we realize what the, what the story is and what the characters are. Right. And I'll, I'll spoil it a little bit. Their ideas and their ideas uh, about star seeds is more of ideas about, you know, brotherhood, uh, compassion, uh, love, uh, uh, more human things. And those ideas have not won throughout the world, right? They don't, they're not, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they exist. It's out there. I mean, there's a lot of people in, in the world who uh, I'm, uh, feel the same that uh, uh, the center of our society is uh, these ideas which are uh, more humane are not the, the, the social structures of it, right? Yes. Social structures are other things. Social structure and, seems to come down to like, how can I be in control? Or how can I be the one at the top of the pyramid right now where the that, reality is... It all ties in. It's like capitalism is like money is power. Fucking the more money you have, the more power you have, the more in control you are. Then, you know... And that's when greed I, sets I, in. And that's I, when hostility sets in. And you I, lose... I religion to that. I religion to that. And if you have money and power, then you're blessed by God. Right, right. That's right. what they if, say. If you're not. If you don't, you're not blessed. And then here we are. All we're hoping is is that we get paid off of doing this shit one day. We're like, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like yeah. yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. We're all blessed. We are. Hell yeah. Dude, we create just... a system that um, that lets other people exploit the planet and other people. You know, I think there's an inherent desire in humans to work together. And so you have some people that are like, yeah, let me help you get to your goals. Let me help you achieve what you're trying to do. And if that person that they're helping is greedy or is dishonest or doesn't have the values that they should, then now they are literally taking advantage of someone's kindness just for the sake of being human. You know, they're there to just help and and to be a good societal person and someone, you literally throw one bit of greed into the equation, and now that entire stasis is completely off balance. There's, there's a uh, Bible story for that. Uh, okay. Remember that I said before that this was a matriarchy and then Marduk won? Marduk mm-hmm. basically com- uh, turns into the in human stories. He com- he's a god of agriculture. He, he pretty much becomes Yahweh. Yahweh is like the, the biblical god, right? And he's the one who said uh, to uh, Abel or Cain, I can't mix those two. You know, get your brother. You know, kill him. Sacrifice him. Because he's not using his land, right? And then if you can use your land better, you'll be more blessed by me. So just to echo what you said, that's the, that idea is still present today. And that's what, to me, when I think about capitalism, that's what it's about. And I, I think, I think... I don't have any problem with money. I don't have problem actually, you know, with, uh, 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 the actually inherent problem with capitalism is that if 
you can exploit other people, right? Then you should do it. And then when you do it, then it's okay because mm. it's it's how it's how we live, and you shouldn't really have uh, 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 any compassion if they can live or not live with any money or not, right? Or if they have to work three or four jobs just to have like a living wage to be able to pay rent and food. Yep. Uh, but you, because you're a millionaire, you've been blessed, uh, this and that. And it's like, that's fucked up because, you know, if the only thing that separates in that kind of frame of thinking separates one person from another, it's just money. Right. If a bomb, if you put those two people in the same fucking room, drop a bomb, they both would be fucking disintegrated. Right. So, you know, you know, there is no actual separation other than the one we've created in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in our stories that has created ways of thinking and these ways of thinking have become these systems of, uh, of where we are now. You know, I, mean, and I, I think it actually stems deeper than just like a fiat currency but it really comes down to a, a selfishness or control over other people's energy. You know, that's kind of the way that I view greed is when one person or group is able to take over another person or group's energy and their ability to provide and dictate it according to their, to own, their own will yeah. rather than to, to the benefit of the person that, that is they're taking their energy from, right? And it all really comes down to selfishness. If the person in charge that that is paying the money is not selfish and is not greedy, then this system works beautifully well, because then we all get to come together and create two minds or two minds can do the work of three, you know, I, is what they say. I'm going to fuck up this this reference, but it's like Occam's razor or whatever. It's like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Occam's razor is, is the, that is that the, kind of the idea of it most the most obvious answer is usually the right one oh, is okay. Occam's razor, but the, I, there is another there's one. something that I'm thinking of where it's just, it's a, it's an old writing, but like, that's the idea of like, you know, communism works on paper, but it's like, it only takes one person to fuck shit up. Right. People get power and then they get greed and then, then they exploit things. It happens in everything. Socialism, uh, communism, capitalism. Uh, I think one, there's certain societies where, th where things work better, right? I mean, right. if we look at the, uh, the fucking Vikings and whatnot, you know, people somewhere like in, in uh, Sweden or uh, uh, Denmark, uh, you know, something that they call social capital, social democracy, uh, social capitalism, where there's money for um, society, right? From your taxes, right? You get you pay, pay a lot of taxes, but socially, uh, schools are free, uh, roads are well, public transportation, money for medicine, dentist, uh, culture, uh, this and that, right? So here in in the states, it was like that, I guess, uh, all up to Reagan. He dismantled that shit. Right? If, yeah, dude. Reaganomics, all the social programs mm -hmm. and shit he took away. And yeah, it's not 
illegal to be crazy and yeah now we we have a lot of homeless people that are fucking crazy now and it <laughs> kind of comes stems from that anyways <laughs> we, can, we could get we can get on this shit like all day if you want to get on this shit <laughs> Did oh, you no, make... i don't want to watch another charles glavis interview they're such a fucking downer yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get hate mail dude yeah when did you become an <laughs> economics professor bro i thought you were a, an art professor <laughs> i don't know man i just read Hell yeah. Hey, that's the best thing uh, to do in life is that, continue learning, man. It'll never, never hurt you. That's why you're one of my favorite teachers, man, because you, you taught us what you're supposed to teach us about illustration, but you also just threw ideas at us of, I think half the class at least had never even fucking thought of in their life. They're like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, this guy, reptilian gods, let's go. Let's go. Um, let's go. <laughs> but uh, to just move away from that i guess uh i wanted to ask you uh because i want to get this in because you were just at comic-con um this year and everyone kind of had their opinion on whether it was better or worse this year because of a lot of the majors like hbo and and those so companies dropping better. out like did you have did so being there better. did it feel better so fucking but i talked to a couple of a uh, bunch of people and heard from uh from uh, my from fanographics people that people sold more. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and people were more interested in the books and in the uh, and the creators. And I think uh, I fucking had a better time. I think that it was more. Yeah, that's it's way better. That's I mean, why I was curious because you've done it so many years. So like you have a kind of a, that inside uh, perspective on it. But I, you know, all I got was uh, Instagram posts about people talking about. It, so I, I I didn't really know what to compare it to. The majority of people that I've talked to, or that I know, obviously, love comic books, right? So everybody was like, it's way better. People who I know who don't read comic books, but like the regurgitated crap that the, meat, uh, the big corporations sell, they missed it. But then, you know, there are people who actually, you know, love the new Star Wars movies, love everything that Marvel has done and, and this and that. And, and it's like, okay, well, you know, they don't have, uh, a lot of people have become, uh, like insane fans of, of these, uh, series of, 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 of media. And they just don't have, they haven't developed a way to discern, uh, like authenticity, like, like, like warmth to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I can watch a movie, watch a Marvel movie and say, okay, that was a good one. And I can watch it, like, ah, just crap, <laughs> right? Because I'm, you know, I'm... Right. You don't have to have not, an allegiance to it. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's some of the people, some people missed it where the people have allegiance to it. And I'm like, I still have a, a friend who, uh, every time there's a new movie, it's like, are you going to go see it? It's like, No. But I did go see the first one. I you know I, I was waiting for into the Spider Verse. I ha I haven't watched it yet. Did you, you already watch it? Yeah, yeah. So if there's something I do play play allegiance to is not so much to that story, but to the creative minds behind it because what they did was uh, set the animation industry on its head mm -hmm. and showed that uh, in design and being creative. You can make art Dude, the, from something that's commercial. The first Spider-Verse might have been the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Is Which one? The, the end of the Spider-Verse, the first one. Yeah. I think oh. that was like better than any of the live-action ones. Mm -hmm. 
it was so fun. It was so well done. It still had like heart. It still had the story. Um, it still hit all the Spider-Man topics, but it did it in a different way. The story beats of, of the first movie is uh, like a symphony. You know, the way mm-hmm. it's narrated and there's no, um, I don't know. I think it's a really, I think it's, 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 it's not, it, there's no such thing as, as something as being perfect, but I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really good experience. Obviously I can say that, but in hindsight, you know, I've seen it like 25 times because I'm really into it because I don't get bored when there's nothing to watch. That's what I watch because I'm either focusing on the story, focusing on the, the, the camera shots, right? The compositions or the colors or focusing on the expressions or focusing on the design of it. And I think as, as, as a great, as, as a creative, there's just so many things that, uh, that done really well in it, as opposed to something that's like done from Pixar, which was like the bar years ago. But they haven't evolved from that. They stayed there, and they haven't moved from that. And I think uh, I think I'm so happy that there was no fucking Disney wasn't there. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it kind of brought it back to like the original purpose of Comic Con. You mentioned a second ago about the uh, the color and like the design and like the layout when you're watching this, but I wanted to bring it back to the the dual duality of the color in these books because when you go through each star seeds um do you use the same what what was the the blue that we fucked up on french mauve or what what did you say <laughs> please french blue gray french blue gray i'm I sorry i gotta learn how to say that like in french so it's more it's more it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh liquid tech used to have a french blue gray color i remember uh, i remember it yeah, I remember yeah. the name now that you said it. My favorite. Look at look at that uh, cover for the Dark Star. That's the that's yep. That's French blue gray. Fuck, right? dude, that's funny. But uh, I uh, they don't make it anymore. Wait. So when I went into the into the book, uh, making the books, I know that that color uh, works really well with with any color. Yeah, that's that's a French blue gray. Yeah. That color goes really well with any color. Is it color. is it hard to find that midtone when you're doing something like this? Because you know your your you know your negative space and your your blacked out space are gonna be your zero and your a hundred on your scale. But then when you pick two colors kind of to work with on top of that, like how how do you go through uh, deciding what those it, are gonna be? Because it's it's a gray, so it has so many values, right? Oh, okay. That's why that's why I show that's why I like painting with the blue gray. This is like painting in grays. But it's not gray because gray can be it's gray there's no color to it but if you're if you french blue gray it's uh it's cool yeah it has it has that depth of color do you remember teaching us um cool worlds with hot spots as a uh yeah yeah yeah. as a painting class cover that's that's the that's what's going on in that uh cover painting Mm -hmm. the cool world so it's a great so you can have like so many different you're gonna have like non-white and it could be like a ten percent gray, but still going to you're going to see, look see the difference between white and and that and that gray. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking for the colors to to print, um, I was like, I need to find something that's equivalent. And I found that it's called the Pantone something. Some I forgot the number of it, but then I said, okay, I will. 
use another color and begin to mix these two colors to make a third color. And the only reason I did that was because uh, the uh, the books would be like $15 more if it was full color. Oh, got you. Yeah. Got to Got to make like, it, you know, and the, the higher the prices, the books are, uh, the less print, uh, printing they are. And these books are not printed that high because this is, uh, uh, there's like 3000 copies of each. It's a very limited run on these books. Um, so it's like if, so you get a, a smaller run and you get smaller, uh, bookshelf space in the store. So $30 was like, is like the norm. Uh, so it's like, how to bring that down? It's like, oh, what if I use two spot colors? Then combine them when printing to make a third color. Yeah. And dude, that is genius in my opinion. Not only that you're able, like obviously art teacher, you you know color theory and, and are able to put these things together. But the the feel that each book has because of the color choices in it and because of the, you know, in this, uh, in the first one, it's that blue and the yellow together. And that creates a whole vibe as you're going through the book. And so I guess what I'm, I want to ask is, did you strictly rely on your like intelligence as far as knowing color theory and what stuff goes together or did you allow yourself to kind of feel that vibe that it's creating and like the almost voice that the color adds to to the book i i can say with uh no doubt that no intelligence would use in any of the <laughs> uh no i i think uh when i made the the, the first paintings i did for the star seeds uh, which was called the Eternals, and back in two thousand six, two thousand seven, I had a huge bucket of yellow, uh, and and the blue gray, and so I I did uh, those paintings are, are were based were done in those two colors, just and, based off necessity because that's the color that you had at the time. Yeah, so I, I thought okay, the first book will uh, will look like that. And then the second series that I did was uh, pretty much what you have there in, in the Dark Star uh, comic, the blue gray and and the kind of like the the red. But I, this time I chose a salmon. Yeah, uh, because it was more. Uh, it's more. Uh, it's kind kinder on the eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, hot, it's less it's hot. Like yeah, a dark yeah, exactly. red. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I chose magenta now because. Uh, I don't know, magenta and because it's, it's another shade. It's another, uh, hot color that, uh, would combine with blue gives you purple. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, that there, I figured it out. And there I use color theory because I knew if I combine these two, I could get that third extra color and the book will look completely different from chapter to chapter. But it took me, I guess the two first books to try to figure it out. It took me the first book. I made so many mistakes in the first book when I look at it that when I, 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 I try to fix those in the second book and then the second book, I made some other mistakes that I actually, I fixed all the mistakes in the third book. Uh, and I mean, color wise, you know, things that I see is like, mm, that didn't work. Magenta to me has a very like oral, like, 
like an aura, you know, like an aura color to it, like a very natural uh, vibe to it. So after hearing about kind of the, the, the depth in how you're going into this Anunnaki story and like how it's really reliant on a spiritual kind of backing or background that I feel like the magenta just added to that so beautifully because uh, it, it brings you into this more ethereal mindset just because of the color. You know, if you had chosen just a, a saturated red or something like that, it would have such a different view. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. You just said something. You just said something that I didn't even think about. But when you were saying it, it's like, my God, goosebumps because it's like my brain connected to two different things from like something from I know and didn't think of to something you were saying. And there's that connection with the magenta color. Uh, the the arch, archangel Chamuel, he is the, uh, the, uh, the pink flame, the magenta flame. Dang. Right. So it's like, you were talking about spirituality, uh, and these colors and the, and what the oral, uh, effect or, or what the magenta communicates. And I mean, it was making that connection. It's like, you're dead on. Exactly. I think I, not that I don't know. I, that's an unconscious uh, choice because I don't, I don't think I thought about, I thought of magenta being a, a, a spiritual color, but I think definitely for, you know, I guess sometimes intuitively you just like, it evokes I mean, it and you knew it subconsciously that it was going to evoke that feeling that you wanted you know what i mean and it worked it worked as soon as matt showed me the colors uh when we were going through it today at the bar I, the first thing was like as i said you can ask him dude that purple is awesome you know that color that it is excuse me magenta uh, is fucking gorgeous and it just it really speaks it has a, a voice all of its own without even deep diving deep into the illustration and, and that third book is the most, to me, it's the most, it's the most spiritual of all three books. Right? I think that's, that's the, 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 in, so it's like, sometimes, like I said, there was no intelligence used. There was only intuition. <laughs> yeah. You've been doing it long enough. You, you, you can feel what you want to put down. It's, it's pretty wild, bro. I'm, I'm constantly like blown away in by the work you put out and the paintings you do. Um, I want to ask you when you're doing like commission work, say for like a brand or something, if they don't give you guidelines of like specific stuff to use, do you stay in a certain, um, palette? Do you stay in a certain like realm where you're like, I know I can crush this in this certain way. Or do you, do you ever experiment and just go wild with it? Cause you can paint in every color I've seen you know, uh, very bright, vibrant colors with greens, pinks, yellows, purples, all on the same canvas. And I've seen more like monochromatic or dual chromatic paintings from you. Um, more so, I guess, in the comics, but also paintings like the one behind you. Um, uh, but is there something that right. you try to, um, that you know you can hit the nail on the head when you're doing like commission work for people? Well, what, what, in commercial work, um, when I'm told what to do, is when I get paid the most. Mm. Uh, and when I'm not out. told, yeah, when I'm not told what to do is when I get paid the less. Uh, I enjoy doing both. Both is a different type of, uh, challenge. Uh, when it's, it's a, uh, uh, advertising agency job, usually 
everything that they want. They pretty much just give you um, a sketch of how they want it and how they have a branding of how the colors work, this and that. And, and this is from my experience working with, with Miller Lite. Uh, so can't deviate from it, from it, you know, I would do work on it, do a color, you know, get everything done and then we'll send that back to them. And like, no, uh, add more, this add more that. Yeah. Cause they've that, got a specific, away, move this. cause they've got a and specific then, marketing in mind that they need to attack. Mm -hmm. And so if you're off from it, then they can't change that. Yeah. And that, that's why since I become kind of like their mouse, right. Uh, that's why they, 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 they pay more. Yeah. That's you know, that and the usage that they have in, in the work. So it's like a, a larger creative fee and a larger, uh, uh, because when, when you charge like an illustration and design, you charge for a creative fee and for the usage fee, mm -hmm. right? So their usage, you know, pretty, when it's been national, like a national or international, it's, you get more money. And when I've done smaller jobs where, uh, there's, you know, money's uh, compared to, to the agencies is smaller. I pretty much have or ask for uh, more freedom. Mm -hmm. it, just to be clear, I, I just for my own. So a creative fee would be like the intellectual property fee, the, the usage of your original idea. And then the usage would be like the licensing. The creative fee is me sitting down and making it using my my yeah my mega mind your you know style I mean? yeah the creative making the creative choices you, got right? you and then usage fee is when that's done how it's going to be applied and how it's much they can use it and to, to what level billboard internet radio television uh, and then that's the application and then there's for how many years or how, what's the time right because they don't own it so either you, then you, you, um, sell the, okay, you get it for three years, such and such. Oh, you want to own it. And that's full rights. Then you get such and such. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, the first job I did for them was, uh, a design and it was, uh, it was from ground up. They built a branding, uh, for their, for their cans. That was, that my, was the tall can uh, series you did like maybe 10 years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, eight, eight, eight years. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was ten years ago, 2013, 2014, like eight, nine years. No, I nine, was buying those tall cans like they're going out of style, dude. Crack, crack. <laughs> uh, so I made like say uh, twenty grand after that, right? Because it was uh, it was a lot for the creative fee, because it didn't exist, and then the usage fee on that was pretty high, and then my my agents like do you guys want to own that it's like no so I, they bought that for a year and they came back and bought that for another year for like less than 20 it was like 15 and then they came back the next year it's like okay we want to own that they realized yeah we, this is going to get expensive if we're just renting it every year we want to own uh, this oh yeah so they they bought it and they bought it for like another 20 so i made off like i don't know close to 60 of that design which I'm, I'm, <clears throat> uh, I'm hoping that comes back and happens again. Cause that was, <laughs> that was real nice. Oh yeah. So after you've done something like, like for a giant Miller light campaign like that, 
do, do you find that now you're getting hit up more for other commissions from other people that saw it and decided, oh, this is the guy we need? And ha- do you find like a, it's kind of a flood after that or, or is it just kind of we did one and now I'm back to my normal life? Uh, you know, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be, oh, because it, it, it won prizes. It was like it won like the best design of the year in one of like the, the important uh, design magazines, which is communication arts. And I thought, wow, this is good. I'm going to have gigs, like regular gigs throughout the year from other people from this and that. And actually, no, I think, I think because it's uh, what the, the creative director who hired me, what he saw in my work was the ability to do everything really good. Uh, like, and, but not because I don't have my, my I don't have a style. I mm-hmm. let me say this. Um, I varied interest, so you could see that I have varied varied interest and can do mostly anything. He's like, we would like to work with you because you're capable of giving us different forms of uh, of results. Yeah, I think most clients actually, you know, they say if they don't see a cat in your portfolio. They don't think you can draw a cat. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, so they look at my work and it's like, you know, what the what is this? He, <laughs> and my work is, I don't know. It's pretty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know really. Well, I don't have an answer for it. What but. whatever it is, it's rad and it's eye catching <laughs> and it pops and the stories that you tell and the and the 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 emotion that you can evoke invoke in people is, is there. And that's undeniable no matter what, you know? And, and I think really that has to be the answer to what you're, that you have no answer to, because you just create what's beautiful to you. And then the fact of the matter is you're good, you're talented enough and you, and you know your shit well enough that other people are like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, there, there's really no, like there's no better way to explain good art than the fact just by saying, Oh, it's good art. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, sometimes you just, uh, like this year, this is like a really down year for like uh, commercial work. Uh, so it's like, huh, so what's going on? What are the trends? And there's trends in illustration, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. That was going to be a question I had for you because when you, back when you were a director too, uh, you know, years ago, when you were my teacher, probably before that, I don't know when did, when were you the, um, were working as the, um, I don't know, were you the creative director or art director of the, that company in San Diego? No, I was just a designer. You're just a designer. Oh, okay. Well, well, it's still, it still is relevant. It was there a need to find like the new next thing, like if something was popular, it's like, you don't do that again because that's already been done. Like what's the new thing that's going to come? Like, is that how it's looked at? Well, you know, I, I think that's a pretty interesting question in, in, in illustration. I think it has to do with uh, how uh, they find the new thing and the new things basically uh, it's, you know, some marvelous kid who gradu- has graduated and has, you know, has some really like super awesome skills and sees, sees and expresses, sees the world and expresses his world or internal world or his interpretation of the world or illustration work differently that sets 
different tones and trends, right? Yeah. Uh, so I could see like a bunch of new kids coming out and I look at their world like, wow, that's so fucking awesome. Uh, but their work is so far apart from what I do that, you know, if I could, would go like the trend route just to get jobs, then I wouldn't be me. And you, I guess one thing also happens is that you, when you, I don't know, I've been doing this for 20 years, you have a long career. To me, it took me years to finally fucking find out who I was, mm. art-wise. And it's like, you know, not who I was, but with my work. And this is like 10 years ago, basically, when there was like this huge click. And some of these, because I'm, a, I'm a, a, a slow learner, or I don't know what the, the saying is, like a, yeah, slow learner, is that what it is? Yeah, slowpoke. <laughs> and some of these kids that are graduating now, they're 23, 22 years old, and they have it. They know who they are. Yeah. And those are the ones that set these new illustration illustration trends, um, which keeps the 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 uh, illustration uh, environment uh, changing and transforming. Fresh and, and new, yeah. New fresh. Yeah. But going back to the design, when I was a designer, I was. Uh, I hated this, but they, they used me as a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. So they would just, the design company, the directors would choose a certain type of illustration and offer that and then say, okay, then you uh, copy these guys, do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we actually, oh, I, I hated that so much. We had a, um, a interview early on when we started with a, an artist called Tallboy, and he created this design for his brand. That was like this uh, vacation forever. And it was like an island with a palm tree and a skeleton laying down with like a bottle that he had, had drank or whatever. And that piece got essentially had more people like asking to do what you were doing. Like, hey, take this and recreate it in our for our brand like and take this and this is the new hot style that's coming out to the point where he said he had to have like send out cease and desist and stuff because vans and and billabong and these big like skate brands were just blatantly ripping his his stuff off to where it wasn't even a recreation it was just a different colorization type of thing you know and and so i think that there is number one there's or there's really no room for that right be an artist create your own thing like figure out what the new trend is but make it your own and then number two for a, co a company to just be hey, like artist Pay the man. Exactly. For them to go, fuck it, rip it off, and we'll pay you as a cheaper artist than to actually Get pay the original. The guy. Get the original guy. Pay mm -hmm. him. Absolutely, him. man. Give it to him. Because we're they're fucking billionaires. What's no no no? We're gonna try to like, you know, cut corners here and there, and we've just saved this and this much, you know, thirty thousand dollars. And it's like, how much did you make in a year? Oh, we made two billions. And it's like thirty thousand dollars, it's like three dollars to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And you're probably because you're saved. I mean, it's like that's going back to the conversations about how capitalism is opinion the assets, right? It's like there's there's enough money to go around for everybody. Yep, that's just the truth. Truth, but uh, you know what the saying goes: if all the billionaires gave out, all the billionaires in the world uh, gave money to everybody in the world, everybody in the world would be millionaires. Yep, dude. I heard I heard a I heard a comparison recently and it said 
the difference between a million dollars and a billion dollars, one million dollars is like one pallet worth of money. You know, you have a pallet and you stack up hundred dollar bills on it to a million and you have one pallet. A billion dollars is a warehouse full of those pallets. It is a thousand of those <laughs> pallets to create a billion dollars. It's an entire warehouse. Like to, the, the difference between a million and a billion is so just astronomically different and crazy to the fact that when you're talking about money that is broken down into dollars and cents, single dollars and single cents, there's no comparison between somebody that is making $100,000 a year and spending 50000 and someone that's making a billion dollars a year and spending $500 million or $50 million. You know, there, there's not even a, a comparison as to the worth that that value has to the, the, the rest of rest society. Of the person that's not <laughs> yeah. a billionaire, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's nuts. Uh, luckily, we're li- finally getting to an age where art is being respected in a financial realm. But unfortunately, anytime that happens, there's also the opposite effect that happens where people want to try and get it as cheap yeah, and as and exploit it. Uh, yeah. And exploit it. Yeah. Uh, AI. Yeah, well, that's a whole different thing, man. Dude. The new AI art is nuts. I think we talked about this a couple of years ago when it was like kind of on the the brink of coming out, and we we're like, this could be weird. And now it's just so prevalent that you could just you could do anything with it. It is fucking too smart, man. It, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's crazy. How would how would you feel? You know, you know how that works. You know how how it works. They scrape all the images off the internet, put them in a database. And let the the AI go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what? They didn't ask anybody's permission to do that, right. and that's where they fucked up. Because it's like uh, when you download an app that says uh, you don't want to share your data, right? Mm-hmm. My images are my data. You can't. Yeah, I put them on the internet, and you can look at them for free, but it doesn't mean you can use them. Hundred percent. That's, that's already going to court. They're not going to win because. It's uh, there's already laws uh, that defend that. That happens with Napster. That happened with the the music industry, basically, where uh, uh, people are uh, using riffs from other songs. And it's like if you riff from a song, you got to pay that. Yep, yep. So you riff from uh, my artwork, then you got to pay that. It, it's interesting though because it, before, so say twenty years. Hold on, hold on. So so I I. I pretty much said this like in, a, in, in my social media a post and somebody was like, uh, came at me and was like, it's a democracy. Art should be democratized. And I'm like, when money is social or democratized, then art will be democratized. You don't start from art to money because they're not sharing the money. Right, right. How can you? So when money is shared, then art will be free. Hell yeah! And dude, imagine as much as an artist, we want to be like, oh, I'm a professional artist, or I'm a creator, and I I make my living off creating art. But imagine if we if that wasn't the point, if it was just to create art because you didn't have to worry about your living or or You're selling it, selling yeah. it or whatever. You know how much more beautiful art would be out there, and so much more. You know creative? how much more beautiful the world would be. It'd, 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 it'd be accessible, strange, and weird. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, uh, you know, it would be, it would be like those AI simulations. Yeah, right. 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 Right.
because people wouldn't have to worry about uh, surviving, paying rent, food. Dude, we'd be all be free to be creative. Oh yeah, yeah. To share what we feel and what we see, and believe me, the world—I mean, it's—it's really utopic. But the world would be so far off into the future. Yeah, so far off to some place where, where, uh, when we say when we think about you know something that's uh, so how how beautiful can society become? Become through art. It could get there. And yeah, man. With the without the existence of money to survive and the beauty of. Uh, accessible art and 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 beauty just like around you in the world think of how many things that would counteract that are shitty in our society all right dude uh well that's perfect we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up anyways yeah. like dude thank you so much for getting here today and taking the time out for us man this is always a pleasure sitting down and chatting with you sorry sorry my brain someplace else uh. <laughs> hey we we got him thinking bro we got him thinking <laughs> That's why yeah. I like come and visit you, bro. When I go to your house and, uh, you know, we just shoot the shit for three hours and it's a one long conversation that leads into so many more. Like that it leads into three hours of contemplation. <laughs> shit, bro. Uh, no, it's, it's, thank you guys. It's always great to talk to you guys. Uh, I'm going to take you up on that, uh, invitation, Matt. Uh, oh, yeah. just give me, give me a place to crash and I'll drive up. And uh, I'll let I'll bring Lushu because I'm sure he wants to uh, cuddle with you. And uh, that was a joke. Yeah, we know we can all share the bed. It's fine. It's a it, well, I got a king size. Anything you want to shout out? Anything that you've got coming up that you want people to know about or or find online or search for that you want to give a plug to? Uh, Star Seeds uh, Volume Three comes out on uh, August twenty second. And if you haven't grabbed a copy of it, uh, make sure to grab uh, one, two, and three. Uh, it, it'd be like the best $95 you would invest in a story and because it's every time you read it, it will give you a different, uh, a different riff on it because it's a story that's poetic, metaphoric, and it's open to interpretation. Uh, so every time when you are in need of something to make you think about what it is you're going through in life. I think that's a good book to pick up, uh, that and, uh, pick up, uh, dark star from rat nest. I've got to say that's one of my finest stories that I've, I have, I've, I've written and illustrated, uh, as well as once in upon a time in Tijuana and also, um, uh, and play to Hedron, which is, which I'm already late on the second issue, but it, it now now I finally figured out what it should be. It's going to be an anthology of everything that I'm working on. Nice. nice. So you will find like essays, short stories, uh, long stories that would you you know continue from 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 issue to issue, and not just starseed stuff, but from all the other work that I'm working on. And I'm uh, uh, what am I doing? Well, my computer my computer died. My Scanner died, so I haven't been able to uh, get go get number two going, but that will that will happen soon. Hell yeah! Well, we look forward to seeing anything and everything that you put out, man. Uh, we Thank we you. appreciate you working with us uh, through Rat Nest and all of the advice and time and friendship that you've given us over the years, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys too. Thank you for uh, 
I don't know, for doing what you guys do, it brings it brings joy uh, to me, hopefully to others. Uh, the opportunity to have a platform when you guys share, and I think this goes off to anybody who has like has a platform to share ideas, to share artist ideas, to share ideas and creativity to uh, to be uh, multifaceted faceted with different types of of artists and 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 interviews and and Matt for uh, for distributing my my stuff in the states. Hell yeah, uh, we gotta we, we gotta grow that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, yeah. man, we we wouldn't be where we're at without you, and um, I wouldn't be where I'm at in life without you either. And I never would have thought that shit. I thought you were just a mean ass illustration teacher, bro. <laughs> Turns out he's the opposite. Turns out, yeah. Turns out I'm just a sweet guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, let you go. Um, I know you got some stuff to go handle, but I appreciate it again, uh, giving us the time and. And uh, constantly checking up on me, and uh, you know, sometimes we don't talk for a little bit, and uh, but I feel like we always pick up right where we left off, man. And I, I, I love you, and appreciate you, bro. I love you too. I appreciate you too, bro. And I love you. I appreciate you too, bro. All love, all love, brother. All right, man. You guys, you guys take care. This you has been another same. episode of the Ratness Podcast. You can catch us every Friday for the video on YouTube and anywhere you stream your podcast for the audio. Go to ratnessstickerco.com for comics, books, zines by Charles Glavitz and more. Bye. Later. Peace, guys. Peace and love, guys.